Hello and welcome to this week's TESS podcast. Uh, my name's Martin George and we're talking about um, A-level results today. I'm joined by Will Hazel. Hi, Will. Hello. Uh, Will Stewart. Hi, Will. Hello. And Ella Jackson. Hi, Ella. Hello. Welcome to your first podcast. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. So, big day, Will. You're our um, A-level guru. Um, take us through some of the, the big main points from, sure, from today. Sure, sure. So we've seen a fall in the proportion of entries which have received the top A star. Um, so that's uh, fallen from 8.3% last year to 8% this year, which is the lowest in five years. We have seen the proportion of entries which are graded A star or A actually kind of increase very marginally on last year, and it's now at, uh, I think, the highest it's been for about uh, six years, I, I believe. Um, and um, we've seen a sort of narrowing of the gap which boys had sort of opened up on um, girls um, when it comes to the top GCSE grades. Um, lots of people were kind of predicting that um, boys are going to continue to kind of move further away this year, and that hasn't really materialised. Maybe a bit, bit of background there. This is because this year a lot more of the A-level subjects have gone to end-of-two-year exams rather than coursework exactly. and modules. Yeah, so, so last year we had the first of the, thir first of the reformed um, A-levels, which, as you said, um, they're now terminal exams, which uh, students sit after two years, decoupled from A-S-levels, and uh, coursework for most subjects has been kind of removed or reduced. And... Um, some people kind of speculated that um, those changes would benefit boys because they would say boys tend to do a bit better in um, kind of exams, girls tend to do a bit better in coursework. Um, and there was um, this kind of gap which opened up last year. Uh, some people thought it was going to increase because this year we've had a, another batch of these kind of reformed A-levels come on stream. Um, but actually what we've seen is a, a slight narrowing of that gap and... Um, I was at this briefing this morning with um, uh, people from the exam boards and they said they don't actually have any evidence as far as they're concerned to suggest that boys um, do better with a kind of more exam-oriented um, assessment system than girls. So it's one of these things where actually it seems the evidence around this is, is quite contested. But looking over the shoulder... At the, at the graph you over your shoulder at the graph you got open that kind of clearly seems to suggest it's wrong because before the reforms came in boys sorry girls were ahead of boys weren't they and then they suddenly switched round last year so they haven't w widened the gap but maybe that's just because the raft of reformed GCSEs are, sorry A levels they've just brought in were were fairly small entries so yeah, oh, I mean, I guess it's. Uh, <laughs> it, sorry, it's I just saw that and felt, felt com compelled to. Uh, just fight amongst yourselves. <laughs> I think it's. Um, it's there's obviously various different ways of looking at this, and you can look at sort of the the A star, uh, the A star or A um, passes um, sort of at C and above. Um, so there's, there's different ways you can cut the data, I, I suppose. Mm. I mean, certainly the line which is being taken by not only the boards but Ofqual, which they say that you know. Uh, and they showed some historic data at a recent briefing I was at where they showed um, uh, exam systems which had had kind of big changes in GC in the kind of amount of coursework mm. um, and the impact um, on grades being quite marginal. But it seems like it's it's still... A, there, there are people in the sector like um, Professor Alan Smithers from the University of Buckingham who've, 
who believe this does favour boys. So it is. It seems like there is. It's an open kind of debate. Yeah. But as you say, I was only looking at one graph. One graph out of three. Yep. Um, yeah, so, so, <laughs> sorry, listeners. Um, yeah, that that was an A. AA star reflection. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think it's worth talking about is um, differences in the subjects that um, people have been taking. So I think there's been a shift this year in, in some of those. Yeah. I, so I think that's probably one of the most interesting things to come out of this uh, this year's results because I think, um, as in the past, the kind of the changes um, in terms of the aggregate kind of results at A star and A star A. It does move around, but it's sort of it's relatively sort of small shifts. Whereas we've seen massive changes in some subjects in terms of the proportion of entries. So this year, um, German dropped by sixteen point five percent on last year. We saw French down by eight percent, Spanish down by four percent. Um, so it's, lo- it's looking like things are going quite badly for languages. But uh, we've had some languages buck the trend, and the most interesting, I think, is Chinese, which is up by four point six, uh, sorry, eight point six percent, and that means that Chinese uh, now has more. This year, for the first time ever, had more students sitting uh, that A level than German, which I think is quite a big, interesting shift. I wonder if there's any sort of Brexit element to that, sort of people thinking of global trade deals rather than <laughs> European trade deals. Or am I, I think you'll certainly see newspaper columnists and other and politicians probably <laughs> commenting to that effect. But um, exactly what's kind of driven that, um, I'm not. I'm not sure. People, people today have been kind of giving me different explanations. But it's not the only thing where really interesting shifts are happening. We've seen. Um, uh, increases in entries in the STEM subjects, um, so it seems that the government's kind of focus on you know pushing STEM does seem to be having, well, that the entries are going up. Mm. Um, but we've seen other kind of subjects which the government says it really likes, sort of traditional academic subjects like geography and history. Uh, they've seen their entries go down, as has English. So it seems that there's sort of different things kind of going on. Yeah, lots of different cross currents, perhaps. Um, I know uh, one thing I think we've all been thinking about is um, the rise in the number of unconditional offers universities are giving students and whether that has an impact on um, A-level results. Um, Mm. Ella, I know you've um, picked up on social media, people talking about this. Yeah, um, so right now a lot of people on social media have had quite a lot of different views, but the majority I've seen a lot on Twitter um, how many people are saying, you know, I have an unconditional offer, but that does not take away the stress at all, which has been so interesting because all the articles that I've read so far have just almost said the opposite. So it's really nice to get this perspective from actual real students who are undergoing all these reforms and all these changes. So, yeah, I've had loads of people saying how, you know, it, I still feel the exact same stress that you do. At the end of the day, I'm still going to have to carry these A-levels with me. Mm. You know, just because I'm going to walk into a degree doesn't necessarily mean that takes that pressure off because, you know, if I flunk my A-levels, then I can also flunk my degree, and that all kind of has a ripple effect. And so I think in that perspective, it almost does kind of render maybe the unconditional offer a little bit more redundant than we might have originally thought. You know, maybe there isn't... Maybe it, this, it doesn't have as much as impact as we have all... Not as sort of straightforward, perhaps. Although yeah, exactly. Didn't it, but you, I mean, you interviewed somebody today, Martin, that said pretty much explain why, why you would still work with unconditional offers, that somebody that got their results and then... Sorry, you interviewed yeah. him. Um, yeah, I mean, so I was at um, the Sydney Stringer Academy in Coventry, mm-hmm. and you know, some of the, some of the teachers I talked to there were saying, 
we've seen more unconditional offers and we think that means some kids have taken their foot off the pedal. Yeah. And one student I was talking to said, um, well, they, they did get their unconditional offer and at one point they were thinking, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't be working so much, you know, I've kind of got yeah. this offer in the bag. But then she did actually carry on the rise and she said, got better grades than she thought she would mm. and she might actually now um, go to a better university. After Warwick who said a commentary. Yes, and I make yeah. no comment on the two universities. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, but Will, I saw you had a story going up just recently yeah, on our website. Yeah, it's, it's kind of late sort of breaking news on sort of A-level results day, and I think it's a story which may kind of develop in the coming days. But we've um, been told about a school in the north of England which has seen a massive kind of collapse in its A-level passes. I think the figure was that there was 74%, uh, I think, of entries mm. uh, last year were graded at A star to E, and I think that's fallen to something like 14%. Um, it's fallen off a cliff. And this school has also apparently, um, students at the school have got about, between them, about 40 unconditional offers. Um, and we've been told that when some of those students received their offers, in some cases, they literally stopped going to the school. Uh, and in terms of the sort of students kind of going to university with lower grades, we've been told of a, a, a student who has been sort of given a place at university with, I think, two U's and an E. Uh -huh. um, obviously, this raises all sorts of questions about, you know, uh, those, uh, you know, in a way, it sort of it might not kind of impact those students immediately because they're going to university, but if they haven't applied themselves in their A-level courses, are they going to be able to kind of stay the course when they get to university? Obviously, I, I would think that, you know, if you have two U's and a, an E, and an E, that doesn't really help you when you're going to come to applying for jobs mm -hmm. um, after university. Um, and obviously, it has kind of repercussions for the school as well, because if, yes. you know, um, as uh, the, the chair of, of Pixel, who, who are the, the organisation who alerted us to this case, said to me today, um, a school can turn around to Ofsted and say, well, all of our students got into university, but I think Ofsted is still going to say, but look what happened to your results this year, and they'll hold them accountable for it. So it yeah, has lots of implications. I think it's certainly a story to watch. Yeah. I think another thing leading up to the exams, um, a, a lot of media were talking about how these A-levels were harder under the new reforms. And I'm not sure, Will, that people have quite got some of the nuances around this. Yeah, I just got to be in my bonnet about this. I think partly because I was covering exams when, when these reforms were first being mooted. And um, they are different, as, as has already been explained, because they're more reliant on exams and coursework. But they are different to GCSEs. So Michael Gove's GCSEs were specifically designed to be tougher in terms of the breadth of content. And the, and the type of content there was, and that was never supposed to be the case with, with A levels. So it's now apparently become a accepted fact on a, on a lot of news programmes today that A levels are harder. I just think it's worth worth pointing out because it, it the, when people say that, there's a kind of implicit assumption that taking that taking exams is tougher than coursework, and it might be higher stakes, but I don't think it necessarily is for for everybody. You know, it, it, it's a different style of exams. So. I think it, it might be harder for schools and pupils to adjust to, but it but it's it's not the same step change that there has been in GCSEs, yeah. which probably isn't much consolation for schools that, that, that it's have been It's it, not just so. media who have uh, who are saying this. There's also some sort of people in the education sector who perhaps should know a little bit better. I won't name any names, but uh, yeah, <laughs> who were who were just sort of saying the new tougher 
uh, A levels, and actually, yeah, it's it's not quite exactly what I mean, the, the, the government the, the, intended. The content isn't being ramped up in the exactly, same way yeah. as, as GCSEs. I mean, well, I'm definitely inclined to kind of disagree with you, though, just because of what like the students have been saying online. I mean, I I was telling Martin earlier, like there was this one guy on Twitter who was literally saying, "All I do is eat and revise and sleep," and I think this is generally like a reoccurring thing for a lot of students and I think that's it's quite sad that we've gotten to this stage where that's we've students feel like that's that's all they're doing mm. but is that necessarily I, I definitely think that there's no doubt that by changing the structure mm. and so I'm probably going to be very unpopular with a lot of schools <laughs> saying any of this because because no doubt it does feel difficult partly mm. because they've all been introduced so quickly and at the same time as GCSEs and there's no doubt that having high stakes exams at the end make it all what, a lot more high stakes, yeah. there's a lot more resting on that one mm -hmm. day. So that's obviously going to increase the pressure. But it is, it's, it's, it's just a different thing to, the, there was never the intention for ministers to say, there's going to be a step change, but we're, we're really going to test you on harder things. Yeah. So, what, I don't I know, know what, the message is maybe, maybe if they'd done that, it could have been even harder. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it might not be what they intended, but that might have what happened. I mean, I know like mental health issues right now. Like, I mean, a lot, the stress doesn't help contribute to things like depression and anxiety. I can imagine on that one day when everything's entirely resting on these incredibly hard exams, like the amount of pressure and anxiety they must feel just from that is unbearable. Like, I, yeah. as an adult, I probably wouldn't want to imagine that. But wasn't it always the way? I don't know. I don't. That's think an it... interesting question, isn't it? I, I mean, I. I was sorry, I didn't mean no, to jump in, no, but I think fine. it's um, the whole. Um, I wonder to what extent is some of this about sort of greater visibility because of social media? Mm. I think that's a, a question which is worth asking. Yeah, no, I think. See, this is the problem, like, not necessarily a problem, but, you know, social media offers that support and it offers that community, and that's always kind of essentially what it is, and in an essence, it's a chance for you to connect. And, you know, it's allowed people to from London to connect with people from Wales, undergoing essentially the same things. So maybe that does encourage one another to reflect on the bad parts, the negative parts, and the. But it's also a chance to kind of understand. Well, we're all going through the same thing, and I can relate to this person who's saying, like, you know, I have so much anxiety over this one day, and. There's sort of solidarity in numbers. Yeah, and I think there alone. is, a, and I think you know that probably does help. But I think it probably does also spread the awareness. But is that necessarily? You know, is it, is it a bad thing if that's then spreading to a state of panic? Probably, yeah, but also then we can do more to help that. I mean, you, you could argue, because of what we've just been talking about, in some ways, and it's going to change in a few years when, when pu the pupil bulge feeds through, but in some ways there's kind of less pressure this year because, OK, there's pressure to get your results, but when you've got them, you know, universities mm. are scrambling mm -hmm. to take yeah. students so if, yeah. if you as we've already said if you end up with a, a couple of u's and an e you may still get in that might not mm -hmm. suit you in the long term but but that kind of pressure that because that pressure will return with a vengeance in it in a few mm -hmm. years when, yeah. when the numbers yeah. change yeah. yeah and also you could again i think we were still in early days with well, obviously this you know potential story around unconditional offers but if there is a kind of it, i think it's conceivable that you could be a kind of backlash against unconditional offers and you know maybe yeah. we will see them kind of drop in. You can just see because I, I mean the, the head I was talking to today at um, Sydney Springer was saying, I mean, and they've got close links to Coventry University, this academy. They were saying, well, it's just a fact of life. It's just the way the market in higher education works now. Schools might not like it, but we've got to adapt to it and get used to it. I wonder if it would take intervention from outside mm. to actually mm. intervene in that market. 
Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, I was going to ask, um, yes. Ella, any other sort of social media trends out there today? What other things have you been sort of picking yeah, up on or, or so seeing? so, I mean, obviously there's been the classic kind of celebrity tweeting. We had the original one from Jeremy Clarkson. Uh, I'm sure you guys might have seen this one where every year he does this lovely tweet about being like, don't worry, guys, i got two years in E and I'm driving a Range Rover. Um, which Lo he, lovely. Yeah, which <laughs> always really helps you when you're riddled with a doubt and, yeah. And, and teachers love it, really motivates people it to study really hard. It really does, it really does. That's really what you need, isn't it? Um, we also have, which I found this was really fun, on Instagram, um, the new, do you guys know this new Spider-Man? Uh, Tom Holland. Yes. Yeah. yeah he get also gave his motivation to the also again saying, "Oh, we have about three A levels between us, and we're fine. You know, <laughs> we have millions of pounds. We're fine." Which I think. Because the world needs thousands of Superman stars. Yeah, exactly. Which is yeah, exactly all we need. Um, but I think it's what's really interesting is that the students are picking up on this on Twitter and they're just at the point where they're like, "That's really useful for me. Thank you for nothing." Um, <laughs> which you know. I can't, I can't respect them. Yeah, I respect them for because I mean like they're filled with all these kind of like fake inspiration things all the time and I think you know they're finally being like this is useless to us thank you for trying to demotivate us like did you did you find it I mean it sounds like it was it, it was mainly it's mainly being students on social media did you find yeah. much activity from teachers uh, yeah. beyond the kind of well done everybody or? yeah I mean I actually thought I'd see more from teachers not I mean obviously they're doing their own things they're enjoying the summer holidays like I don't blame them for not. Um, but I mean, like I was saying, like social media is such a good support system. You know, I saw majority students and a lot of the high, like tweets with the most reactions were just these funny little things where students were just trying to be like, this is, you know, this is the end of days. <laughs> um, and people get, people get that, students get that during their A-levels where it's the most stressful time, you know? And I think that's something they relate to and it takes the pressure off for that moment where they can laugh at their terrible situation, so. Now, I know we had yesterday, we published on online our sort of bingo for yes. um, A-levels. Now, one of those one was you know, the Jeremy Clarkson tweet celebrities. It was a good prediction. Were there any other bingo bingo cards we managed oh, to kick off there? Think. Um, I think. I know we always had the perennial, you know, good-looking girls jumping up in the air, brandishing Oh, paper. that's always them. Mm -hmm. Always the white females smiling away with their little... Yeah, we had loads of those. A head tweeted me saying that my old paper, the EDP, which I'd banned that from when I was there, they've gone back <laughs> to it. So, yeah, they, yeah, City of Norwich schools, they've got... It's girls a classic. Up I mean, you know, where can you go wrong, really? I had, did see a couple of um, smiling men. Um, so, I mean, they seemed pretty happy. Uh, yeah, you know. Um, what, what was an interesting trend, actually, was um, I saw quite a few going to Cambridge and got into Oxford. Oh, which okay. I thought was interesting, um, not on the bingo card, but a, a yeah, yeah, a bit of a surprise for me. Which I enjoyed. Twins was the other one, wasn't it? Yes, I did see the yeah, twins. Yeah, I, I spotted a few twins. Well, did, I, did, yeah. I, did, I, did I see triplets somewhere? I oh wow, like, I missed right, that sorry, one. No, <laughs> multiple. Uh, I saw yeah, no, so multiple IVF triplets. I saw somewhere. Oh wow. Yeah, I didn't actually read the story. <laughs> no, I mean, when you see twins. Congratulations. To exactly. Well done, triplets. Yeah. Sure, it's out there. Excellent. Well, shall we end on that rather than the end of days? Sorry, I think that's probably a little bit more. Sorry, my first one. Yeah. And we'll see you next week for doing all again for GCSEs. Can't wait. Great, thanks for listening.